Hello and good day to you, my beautiful podcast listener friends. I do hope you are well. Welcome to Crossbutton. I'm Laurie, once again hosting this 30 minutes of nonsense where we will be talking about all things PlayStation. And if it's not PlayStation, I frankly don't want to hear it. So my co-hosts can keep all of their stupid Xbox and Switch anecdotes to themselves. But one person who I know will have no problem with that rule is the undisputed champion of PlayStation herself. It's Heather. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. And we are joined once again by the big man himself. Still celebrating Liverpool's victory in the right to host the Eurovision Song Contest. It's Dan Ward. Hello. Chuffed about that. You must be happy about that, Heather. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to potentially uh, overcharge someone to stay in my second bedroom <laughs> for two days. I was going to ask about this. Yeah, because you've like got this, the Airbnb um, now. You can just chuck Airbnb gold, right? I think we might try and do that, but there's an awful, well, it used to be good, but an awful hotel in Liverpool called the Adelphi. And yes. um, I've seen that's now going for £800 a night around Eurovision, Ooh. which is just ridiculous, but... Not ideal. So yeah, I think we need to Airbnb everywhere. Yeah, well, you can't, Dan, because I think you've already agreed to put up half the uh, cross players team. Because I know <laughs> there's a few people. I know, I know, Alex and Andrew in particular are quite keen to have somewhere to stay so they can uh, get into the Eurovision. Okay, joy, <laughs> joy, <laughs> the joy of Eurovision. I don't know. There was only two. Obviously, it was only going to be Glasgow or. Liverpool. So surely, if anyone had any sense, you just like book a hotel up, like before yesterday it was announced, and then that's pretty much what a in, lot of people Valley, did. Right? And they've now yeah. had because you can always cancel stuff, right? Cancelled. Yeah, they've had it cancelled. A lot of the places have said for um, renovations and stuff uh, around that time, which oh, is just yeah. atrocious. But yeah, really, really poor form. But absolute bastards. Yep, <laughs> capitalism for you. Cool. Well, we've got a packed, packed show tonight, haven't we, guys? Mm. Um, Loads. I suppose before we do that, a bit of housekeeping. Uh, listeners, you could please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecrossplayers, and you can get involved with all the fun there. Um, you can support us from as little as £2 to gain access to loads and loads of old legacy podcasts. Some lovely stuff on there. Um, lots of other good stuff as well for our Patreon subscribers. Um, I don't know what, I can't remember if all that's top of my head, but I know that there's lots on there, and yeah, it was definitely worth checking it out. Sorry, Dan, I should be better at doing that, but... Better than I am. It's fine. Just as, just as consistent. Seriously? It's okay. It's fine. Get to the get to yeah. the Patreon. Okay. Come in the WhatsApp. There you go. Well, by, let's by jump come into the WhatsApp. what we've been playing. Sorry. You do what? Probably just move on. Move on. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to throw me off my host game here with these outrageous comments. Um, let's go on to quickly move on to what we've been playing. Uh, Heather, why don't you, why don't you, you just regale us with what you've been playing. Yes. Um, yes. So I finished Divinity Original Sin 2 um, yesterday, in fact. Um, it was beautiful. I love it. And I need more couch co-op-y RPG games in my life. Um, yeah, loved it. We put nearly 70 hours in on the second playthrough. And the game cost us £16 in lockdown. So we, it's the bargain of the century. Absolutely. So your second playthrough. Wow. Yeah. Was it radically different from the first? Is it quite a quite a story that can divulge or from the first playthrough or the first ways? game? Uh play first playthrough. Um kind of. Just I mean to put so, another seventy hours into it. What what was the, the draw to that got you back for a second playthrough? It takes an age to just yeah. sort of get going. Um but there's so there's like four central characters who you can, well, there's technically five, um, who you can kind of like have your adventures with. And if you don't do it the first time around, you miss out on their storylines. So then if you go through again, you do get more of like a complete sort of adventure with different characters and different um, outcomes and stuff. And then there's quite a lot of like, if you make this decision, this will happen kind of pathways. So it does give you like an, a few different outcomes overall in the game and certain things if you miss, that's it. They're gone forever. 
quite polishing mm. in that respect. So, but yes, it's well worth it. If you like RPGs or sort of Dungeons and Dragons, um, I would always heartily recommend. Yeah, we spoke about this a couple of times and it's been on my must play, I think, for a while. So I'll, I'll yeah. definitely get around to it. Think you can convince so for a bit of catch cop? Absolutely not. 100% not. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh well, get, get, we could try. get Carl or Pete or someone around for yeah. 70 hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll go down well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Heather, have you been playing anything else? Um, so I started Spider-Man again today. Um, so PS4 Spider-Man. So I'm just going to do a little trophy run. I'm using Ooh. it as a bit of a power that... cleanser before Ragnarok. Is that the ultimate edition? Uh, it's just the standard PS4, but I've got all the DLC and stuff since, so. Mm. Has that yeah. been patched, or do you need the Ultimate Edition to get it running? Um, cool. honestly, I don't know. I couldn't tell you either way. It still looks amazing. So, mm. yeah. It's yeah, definitely, it like, a little sluggish compared to Miles Morales, mm. which I've noticed. Mm. But I think if I hadn't played Miles sort of more recently than this one i wouldn't know it such good games they're such good such games though i dropped off them stupidly like on the the original spider-man mm. i think there's a couple of parts where i was like i'm 100 percent in this because i'm really enjoying like the tra traversal part so i started to like do all the little side missions and all the um what's like the boss not boss areas but there's like the areas with the enemies yeah. you can like clear and then there might be a couple of like police issues or whatever it might be um and i like cleared the map and i was like oh amazing now i'll do the main storyline i did a couple of missions and like a shitload of other things like started popping on the map and it was like go and find these pigeons i was like oh, fuck so i was yeah. just like I, I don't know why it just stupidly the way i played it put me off it so i need to uh 100 need to go back and complete it it's such a fun game yeah like there's annoying people that say oh, i didn't like the witcher 3 because i tried to do everything in the map before moving on you're yeah, like well yeah of course you're not going to enjoy it it's like so much why i surprised and myself a little bit by doing it ubisoft yeah I surprised it's myself a bit by of an ubisoft it. game there is a lot of there's a lot of tap, like clutter all over the map isn't there yeah 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 100 i always think those sorts of like games that level of design is for people like if i was still at school playing buying this game i would love all that sort of stuff but if you're someone that has access to lots of games then all that stuff just just isn't for you unless you're just absolutely passionate about a particular game but yeah i don't ever feel the need any, any more to do anything like that. I just... yeah. it's funny how that mechanics never really changed as well in games there's always like the the side questy parts i know like you had the witch 3 which kind of like enriched that experience a lot more than most of the uh, rpgs that were out at the time but um the like fetch quests and all that kind of stuff like they've always been prevalent in games and still are so it's just just a weird observation yeah i mean i don't even mind a side quest where there's like some writing involved in, in it and there's mm. something that's happens in it but just a, a a side activity that's just collecting just stuff um that's just got absolutely no time for that i remember it's when Assassin's Creed, I forget which one it was, well, it was one of them was just making you chase these feathers that are running away from you which you're chasing them and you're yes. like, I'm not yeah. doing this. Um, and you bastards. <laughs> cool, well, Spider-Man, I can't wait for um, Spider-Man 2 to come out, so mm. good on you ever playing Spider-Man 1 again. It's, um, yeah, that's got to be the, the highlight of what we know about next year's PlayStation lineup. I can't imagine they're going to announce anything else that's going to be more popular than that game. Probably Wolverine. I'm going to guess, just because the hype Maybe. at the moment, um, with Jackman coming mm. back as well. I don't know, man. Spider-Man. Are these Wolverine coming out next year as well? Uh, I don't, don't think so, but... We've only had that two early teaser, Yeah, I think just said we'll, yeah, we'll do it. I would have but... thought that would probably be the week, week after, but who knows. Mm. Oh, and, and Danny Boy, Danny Boy, what, what, what have you been getting yourself up to? What have you been keeping yourself out of trouble with? Well, I wasn't going to buy it this year, but I've been playing FIFA quite a bit. Um, so <laughs> pretty much every everyone in the group, all of a sudden, now that I decide not to play it, wants to play it. So um, you've had Andrew, you've had uh, Alex, yeah. you've had Ben jumping in, Lewis, I think, is jumping in as well. Because I think it was a 10-hour free. Um, or you could play like an extended demo of it, of the full version for like 10 hours or something, if you had EA Play or whatever it might be. So... 
you ended up buying it mm. um, and completely engrossed in it. So the game's pretty much the same as last year. Not much has changed too much aesthetically. Um, but when it comes down to just like the refinement of some of the details and the way that you can suppose like the actual movement of the player um, just just feels to have been refined that little bit more to make it a more fun version of FIFA, which is cool. Plus the Ted Lasso stuff just like dragged me in immediately. So I've already got the Richmond crest. Um, I'm close to getting enough stars to get Ted Lasso as a manager. Then I'll probably go for Beard. I've already got all the kits. Uh, I know I was playing a game last night as Wrexham as well because of the um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McAhenney uh, TV show. So just like experiencing that. So yeah, I don't know. Is that just... tied into it as well? Or is it just no, Wrexham? no, Wrexham shouldn't be in the game basically because like low, any any conference side, I think the conference or any non-league side hmm. don't get in. But because Wrexham is so high profile uh, because of the purchase by those two. Yeah, they're actually in the game this time, so yeah, it's it's quite funny. Um, but I ended up mm-hmm. battering a few people on FIFA um, the last couple of days, including An- Andrew eighteen nil. I think I managed to, but which made me feel quite bad because yeah, absolutely noob to it, right? He's, he, he's, he's brand new to it, before, completely so. brand new to it, and I was like, I'll go easy, and then I was just like banging in goals from like forty yards out and going like, oh, I feel quite bad now. But he's, he scored yeah, a goal yeah, against yeah, me yeah. last night, so there's there's a good start. Not sound like oh, you're going to go and get me, but like genuine, it was a good goal as well. So, but I'm keeping away from Alex because mm. I know Alex gets good within like two weeks. And last time we played, I think I can't remember. It was like maybe like ninety five percent of the games I'd won, um, but he was starting to come back into it. So I might have to be careful. Ben shit, so don't have to worry about Ben. He gets too um, stressed out halfway through the game, starts rash challenging. So there you go. There's my FIFA review. Yeah, well, it's it's another one. It's another heartwarming tale, a bit like um, Fortnite, where you guys are all really into it, and it's adorable to see. And it's another great advert for the uh, WhatsApp group, which is a Patreon perk. So, um, yeah, anyone listening thinks, "Oh, I wish I had someone to play FIFA with," then uh, get yourself in the WhatsApp group and don't play against me. Lots of people. Yeah, don't play against me. Don't play against play against Andrew. I, I mean, do you remember that Simpsons episode where Homer and Bart are like trying to play his boxing game and yeah, yeah. Homer is terrible at it, and then he goes secretly goes to the arcade and gets some kid to train him up on it, and then he sort of kicks <laughs> kicks Bart's or he's try almost beats Bart, Bart, and then the Marge unplugs the TV. I bet that's what Andrew's going to do now. He's going to just yeah. find someone who can secretly train him on on FIFA, and he's going to challenge you to a rematch. Just find someone on Fiverr, yeah, to train him up. It'd be fine. No, good. Yeah, I'm more power to them. I, I need to be beaten. Sorry, with a stick. With a do stick. you have to have played all of like the previous twenty two Fifas to understand <laughs> this one? The storyline doesn't really change too much um, from the past Fifas, so I think you can kind of get away with it. I think the things that because like a couple of people are like, "Oh, have you got any like tips or tricks?" It's really hard to give advice on a game that you've been playing since you were like six. Um, and because you've kind of grown up with the game, you've learned the mechanics, and as they don't really change for maybe three or four years, yeah, it's not um, it's not the best thing in the world to try and give advice on, other than change your camera. Yeah, well, you can get good. Change your camera, so a lot of people make the mistake of leaving the default camera on. You can change it to co-op, which means you see 80% of the pitch at any one time, so you can play a different pass. Um, learn what the shoulder buttons do, because if you hold R1, I know I play with inverted controls, like PEZ controls, so it's a bit different, but if you hold one of the bumper buttons, you can like drill a pass, which it means it gets the player a lot quicker. Um, if you hold it and you try and do a cross, it means that you'll play a very low and hard cross, which is really useful if you can see a player that's about to make a burst in run. So there's loads of stuff like that. Um, and the lob button's very fun as well to score goals with. And if you get someone like Haaland and you're up front with them and they've got 91 finishing, um, and the goalie's rushing out, use a lob. So there you go. There's my three top FIFA tips. Heather looks like she's about to commit suicide, um, so let's move on. Cool. Yeah, I hope they were useful for, for someone out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> certainly not Heather or myself. <laughs> Laurie, what well, have you been, been playing? playing. <laughs> I, I, um, I, yesterday, I finished The Last of Us Part 1 remastered, so that was good. Um, still Spoilers. excellent, of course. Um, yeah, and... The ending. There's so much of the game that I had just completely forgotten about. There's like the main story beats and a few key scenes, like in each uh, season of the game. But 
there was just so much stuff in between that I'd completely forgotten and parts of the characters and stuff and Sam and Henry and David just, oh, just so many good things and the performances on it like the mm. the especially Ellie like her emotions and her, the way her face emotes now is just unreal like playing it is like unlike any video game so it's well worth playing again um so I finished that I'll probably do left behind as well in the next few days just to play that because that's excellent DLC that I want to play again mm. Um, and then, other than that, I went back to um, I've been playing a bit of Cyberpunk as well um, after watching Edge Runners on Netflix, which I absolutely adored. Got me back into wanting to jump back into the game, and there's a big update with lots of new content and gigs and um, lots of Easter eggs from Edge Runners in the game now as well, which um, I had to had to check out. So yeah, has either of you watched that on Netflix or any interesting tool in watching it? No, not yet. I've watched it yet. Want to though, well, but it's, yeah, it's just excellent sort of companion companion piece. It's it's a completely different story, but it's just set in like city. But it just absolutely nails the um, the attitude and aesthetic of it. And yeah, oh, I won't keep. Have you watched the my love of Cyberpunk so much? Have either of watched Arcane? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if it lives no. up to that kind of hype because that was the last like big animation that I watched on Netflix and it's probably one of the only few I think that isn't cancelled as well so the Netflix had a pretty much a clean sweep of all the um, mm-hmm. exclusive animations that we've got other than Arcane I think most other things have been cleared out so I'll have a little look I'll watch it mm. well it's only one series of this I don't think they're going to make another one ever I think it's just a one off thing that they did cool um but that, um, moving on to the news then, that does uh, segue rather, rather nicely, almost as if I planned it, which I didn't, mm. but almost as if I did, uh, CD Project Red had a big uh, news blowout um, in the last week or so, just announcing loads of games they're making at the same time, which is uh, really surprising because before they just made The Witcher, and then The Witcher 2, and then The Witcher 3, and then they made Cyberpunk, and now they're making like six games all at the same time, so... <laughs> Um, hopefully they can keep uh, a little quality a bit better this time, which doesn't fill you with hope when one game completely fell over on like massively. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're making six different things. Um, so let's hope that they can apply a bit more rigorous playtesting and quality control this time. And, you know, delay games if they need to. Uh, but I've just got the, uh, the outlook up here in front of me. So... They've got the Cyberpunk 2077 expansion called Phantom Liberty. Um, so that's coming next year. They've not said when, but I presume it's next year because they've done a trailer for it. So I presume that is coming next year. So I think that's mm. going to be the first thing that we, we play. Um, and then they're also developing a full sequel to Cyberpunk, uh, codenamed Orion, which I suspect is going to be quite a long way out now. Probably, you know, good, probably the end of this generation. We see that. Um, then on the Witcher side of things, which I know is probably something that Heather in particular is going to be more excited about, um, in addition to the next-gen remake, or not remake, but update for The Witcher 3, which is not even included in what we're talking about here, but that's coming at some point in the coming months? Yep, this early quarter. Next year? So pre- this quarter? Okay. Pre-Christmas. Oh god, when am I going to fit that in? Um, they are also announced a whole new Witcher trilogy made by themselves. So I think they said that they want to have three games and release them all within a six-year period. So mm-hmm. I presume they'll be using the same engine and they'll just be banging out every couple of years. There'll be a new a new map and new story, which actually I'm, I'm pretty okay with. Yeah, it's, um, it's ambitious, I think. And considering if I were that studio at this point in time, I'd want to keep my head below the parapet a little bit. I know they've mm-hmm. had a lot of success with Edge Runners and like Cyberpunk's had that massive um almost like relaunch in the last couple of weeks in terms of just people playing it, you know, concurrent players on Steam, that kind of stuff. Um but I would have I, I know they've got shareholders, I know they've got people that they're accountable to, but I would have kind of kept my head maybe a little bit quieter and calmer and not gone we're releasing six games over this amount of time. It just seems yeah, it just seems yeah. a little bit bold. I know what you're, what you're saying. They didn't need to say they're making a whole new witch. Well, I suppose they say they're making a witch trilogy. Actually. They're only making Ooh. the first part of it. They just said that they're just it's it's going to be the first of three, which 
still yeah, it's if still it could be terrible and could get cancelled still a big announcement for a studio like i said that completely fucked up the last release that they had like as much as cyberpunk 2077 again has had that renaissance you know you don't really want to and i know people know the next witcher game's coming anyway because that's been announced for a while but like nintendo don't have to tell you about all of their long-term plans um you don't really get that from sony in terms of, like what their ip is so I don't really understand why CD Projekt Red are so keen on doing it. Maybe they, again, they just need to get um, some executive purchase and buy-in, you know, the people that are, are funding them or whatever it might be, or, you know, people not to sell their shares when it's already a quite difficult time for people. But fundamentally, yeah. I'm just a bit, yeah, I'm just a bit surprised that they did it. It doesn't feel right. So they've got the the New Witcher trilogy, which they're making in-house, but they're also making a game, which is a game called Sirius by a developer called The Molasses Flood. Um, which is kind of an indie, small indie dev that they bought um, a year or so ago. Yeah. Who, is that they made The Flame and the Flood? Is that the, the game I'm thinking of that they made? Not sure. But yeah, it sounds sounds about right. Um, so I'm guessing that's going to be like a, a smaller, I think it's a single player story driven thing, but I'm presuming it's going to be a more of kind of an indie scale, which sounds quite cool. Um, hmm. And it's nice that they just kind of pass the IP out to a smaller dev to, to do something with, which is always quite a cool cool idea in, in gaming um, and then another so, yeah. uh, and another one called canis majoris by a third party um which again is a kind of a spin-off game um so yeah this also sounds quite interesting um and it's a separate so another full full-fledged switcher game but separate from that uh, trilogy which that is a bit like, is this going to be like a sort of strategy RPG or something? It's just complete, I just presume it's going to be something completely different genre again. It's just, again, set in that universe. You know, maybe it would just be a, another card game. Who knows? But maybe. Um, yeah, lots of Witcher stuff coming there. <clears throat> um, and then also, I think they've said they're making all their games are going to have multiplayer components now as well, which, because um, that was the Cyberpunk was originally supposed to have a multiplayer mode but then that was going to be spun off its own thing and now it's just kind of been again, just quiet on that so just don't commit to it again like if if a, a goliath yeah. like take two and rockstar struggle to get <laughs> you know multiplayer live day one for their games just don't announce it you know just keep it in your back pocket as soon as the game comes out releases and you're getting the whole team to then move over and you're confident of the quality of the original game maybe then start putting your resource into it a little bit more i get these things need to develop in tandem but yeah, it's just like too much information. Also, I think all of this was on was on a shareholder call or something. They announced all this. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't just like just shut up and just when there's some trailers, show us the trailers. But just, well, share. I mean, it's again, they just shareholder calls some slides <laughs> because I think they probably struggled over the last couple of years to just having to get that buy-in from them again. But it's still, it just feels like overkill. Mm. And then, well, you're not going to like this next bit then. They've also got another completely separate new IP, which they're developing in-house, which is uh, codenamed Hadar, um, which is, they've said that's very early stage creative element. I think they're just kind of making the IP at the moment. So they've probably just got some writers just like law building something locked in a room until they come up with something, <laughs> something good. But that's, um, to both Cyberpunk and The Witcher was IP that they've kind of bought and licensed and used to create the game. So they're obviously mm. having a crack at doing their own thing. So... God knows if that'll be any good or not. Like, it's probably not something to get excited about until we, until we see something because it could be again like complete bust. Per perfectly normal for a developer the size of CG Project Red because they're massive. You know, to be having that many games mm. in in production. But again, don't tell us about it. Just like the next E3 or the next Sony showcase that you want to display it to. You know, then hold on for that point. Um, but just words on the screen. Yeah. Weird. They are massive and they're, they're getting bigger as well because that was on the, part of the other news for them is that they're opening just several more studios or they're relocating one of their Polish teams to Boston to, um, I forget which realm it was, to either the people making the next Cyberpunk or the next Witcher game. Um, but they're relocating them and they're going to be based in America, which is, again, a big, big deal because you know, how many people are going to lose who don't want to relocate to, to America from Poland um, and will that impact on the games and you know, delay them a bit? So. Yeah, all changed there. I think their one of their founders is leaving. Um, so yeah, big changes. So I suppose from my point of view, I'm not going to get too excited about anything until I kind of see the quality of it, um, and actually wait and see because these things could all be well, they will be years away yet. So um, I think there's Phantom Liberty next year, which I'm excited about. But beyond that, just kind of 
forget that we were ever told anything really and just wait until they actually announce and reveal something properly. Yep. Yep. I know you have absolutely no. <laughs> Um, do you have anything ever on? Yeah. I know you have no interest in cyberpunk, but on the Witcher side of things, no. So I, I mean, I agree with most, pretty much everything you guys have said. Um, they did a huge amount of acquisitions um, in the last few years, so I'm not surprised that their like sort of slate is so stacked. But um, I also suspect that they haven't actually got anything that's show ready which is why they've released title cards because they do need to reinforce um their position in their markets that they're in and get that sort of like reputation and trust back i think for everyone from the very top of their shareholders and whatever right the way to the people who are actually going to play the games um and in regards to what they're going to make i mean i could do without multiplayer in my witchy games personally um i would mm -hmm. see them Same. as far away as possible unless it was local co-op adventure if it was divinity yeah. sat in a witcher game lovely jubbly i'll have a great time perfect i'll do dandelion and Geralt's little <laughs> adventures through the world great lovely um Toss but if a it's coin to your witcher <laughs> i imagine having that playing in the background i mean i was thinking more like book style but we're going to <laughs> Um, like we'll go OG, thank you. Um, but yeah, I just think if it's multiplayer and it gets to be like Witcher battles, then I'm less jazzed. Mm. But alternatively, if they made like a little Witcher Sims, that would be fun. <laughs> and you could build your own Kermoran and like Amazing. little Stardew Valley of the Witcher. Like that would be lovely. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm available, GDPR, for all these amazing ideas. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's one of those, like I said, I'm not really into cyberpunk. I feel like as long as the conditions are better, the timing's better, the, you know, the people who work there's work-life balance is significantly improved, then I will be excited when the time's right. Amen. Yep. Oh. Amen. Well, moving on to a slightly more ridiculous story. Um, there's lots of rumours that do apparently have been kind of corroborated and various sites are saying that there does seem to be some truth to them, um, that there is apparently a, a remaster of Horizon Zero Dawn coming for PlayStation 5. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, remember everyone, was a PS4 game that has already been updated for PS5 with a very nifty free uh, free patch to make it <laughs> uh, 60 frames per second and full, not full 4K, but 2K checkerboarding, whatever, however it does it. Um, but it already looks damn good on PS5. Uh, but apparently that's not enough. Sony, they want to make a remaster as well. Now, you talked about it, guys, on the Crosscast this week, so I don't need to talk about it too much um, already because Ben gave a fantastic defense of Sony. Um, but I just really <laughs> wanted to get your... Get your your views on this, um, Heather. What, what's your what's your take on this? I don't really know, to be honest, because mm -hmm. um, I can see the benefit in upgrading and, like, I guess preserving games like this, like The Last of Us. I don't have any real qualms with because of, I mean. It was PS3, and it arguably already had a PS4 remake, and now it's had a 5. Um, but I feel like Horizon Zero Dawn, there hasn't been enough developments for Forbidden West to warrant it in the same way that The Last of Us had. Like, The Last of Us is so dramatically different, like the second one, right? So bringing mm, the first yeah. one up to match that kind of makes sense, and they want to have their proposed trilogy or whatever it is on the same kind of like bandwidth or whatever but i feel like the remake isn't that necessary like yeah i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy it hmm. and i like i um, love horizon you know errand is the love of my life forever you really do love that game I do. um i'm with you on it I, I don't know how to feel about it a little bit and i thought ben did do a cracking job the other day so i won't repeat what he said but it's not for me because I only finished the game maybe six months ago and I had a great time with the, the PS4 version and it was gorgeous. It was 
uh, enthralling. You know, every single part of that game was fantastic, and I could play it completely, completely fine. What I have highlighted on the video is on PushSquare.com, the article that Laurie shared. Um, it kind of highlights Last of Us Part 1 and the fact that that's been remastered. And then it says its new accessibility options allow disabled mm. gamers to experience something that was once inaccessible to them. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, love Can that. get that. Yeah, completely yeah. can get that. If that's the driver motivator behind it and not just cold, hard cash because it's got a white box and a blue, instead of a blue sticker on it, then... Yeah, completely. Uh, it continues and says, however, the general consumer uh, Horizon Zero Dawn PS5 re-release will likely be a tough sell. But yeah, if there's a mm. couple of hundred thousand people out there, you know, maybe a couple of million across the world that get to then experience this game, do it. Great. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I think, have you made the, the point there that with The Last of Us PS3 version and even the remastered... Uh, version that uh, launched early in PS4's lifespan that looks significantly different to The Last of Us mm. Part 2 um, mm. and so you made I can understand why they were doing it like the motion capture the facial capture technique is just, it moved on so much and with the Last of Us TV series coming it made a lot of sense but Horizon Zero Dawn looks pretty similar in my view to Horizon Forbidden West um, yeah they're, they're both on that same level and they're not the sort of game where it's such that intense story that it, that kind of the capture of it and the the direction of it is is quite so important um so it didn't really feel like it it needs it to me but i agree kind of from what ben's point of view if you're sony you think well why not <laughs> if we can put it out and people will pay money for it and if someone's new is entering the the ecosystem and wants to buy it it's there if you're not bothered by it if you think it's a waste of time then just play the version that's on ps plus for free, you know, part of the collection, or just pick up a copy from like a tenner, probably even brand new from Amazon. Probably <laughs> cost much more than that. Um, and you get the game of the year edition with loads of stuff in it, and it will look great on your PS5 already. So yeah, no one's being forced to buy this version. But if Sony want to make it, and you know, maybe it'll be a complete flop, and Sony will be like, oh well, yeah, we've reached the, <laughs> we've we've worked out what the limit is that people are willing to pay for. Um, so yeah, I suppose. It's, it's a business at the end of the day if they want to they want to do it and it makes them money then I suppose good okay. luck to them but I suppose it's a bit of a shame for me it's like are we not going to get Forbidden West DLC is that not yeah we're going to get an expansion on that are we just going to get now this remake of Zero Dawn which would be quite disappointing if they just if they just end Forbidden West support until um, it's confirmed that's talk of a multiplayer yeah until it's confirmed I don't think we can really know who's actually going to do the remake either because if it's you know um I've forgotten the developer name of all the all the developers to forget. Come on, help me out. Blue point. Thank you. Blue all, point, all the developers to like not do the game. There's no guarantees that's going to be the original developer, um, and they may be working on something completely different for um, uh, Forbidden West. So yeah, we'll see. Mm. And there's a yeah, there'll be a third one at some point as well. Just yeah. this is a great game. Of course, will be. Um. Okay, well, I'm just conscious of time, so I'm going to clip on. Um, we've just been talking about The Last of Us, but I don't know if any of you saw there was the trailer for the TV series. Um, it's looking, looking mighty fine, I thought. What did, your your thoughts, you both, on that one? Uh, um, thought the trailer was naff. You go first. <laughs> Wild. Um, yeah. Well, awkwardly, I didn't watch it because I don't watch trailers because I don't want hey. shit to be spoiled. Um, too late. Thanks, Dan. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I pretty much, as a rule, will watch like one initial trailer and then nothing else. So God of War, I haven't seen footage since the State of Play last year. Okay. For example. So. Wow. I knew it happened, oh, and I know banging trailer were, out. I know people were chatting, and I, but I feel very confident in the team who are making it and in Pedro Pascal and young Ellie, whose name I don't know because I haven't seen Game of Thrones or anything. So. Mormon. From Game of Thrones. Yeah, I can't remember. Bella so, someone. Bella yeah. Ramsey. So yes, the, that's the one. The reason I thought it was naff was because it didn't resonate very well with people that haven't played the games. So like, okay. I, I get the source material, I get the storyline, it's very tonally you know, similar and I was receptive to that, I was fine. But when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is going to be really hard to explain and it looks really boring and dark. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, as much as like HBO break the bank for these kind of um, series and the actors are fantastic. Pedro Pascal's 
probably one of the best TV generational actors, you know, that we've got. Um, I was just a little bit like, oh, this isn't going to resonate very well with Soph. This isn't going to resonate very well with a little sister or, you know, people that I actually want to get engaged with it or want to watch it with. So, and lo and behold, it mm. didn't, it, it was hard for people mm. to understand it. And they just went, oh, well, it's like a, a zombie film or a zombie TV show. It was like, kind of, but not really. It's kind of, it's more about that. It's more about the characters within it. I know I like The Walking Dead. I was like, fuck, no, it's not like that at all. So I don't I think, know. Yeah, just, if you see the trailer, you are going to think this, this is just The Walking Dead, right? This Basically, is like another, yeah. Another thing, and there's there's so much kind of. I mean, there's enough just Walking Dead spin-offs. Do you think this just looks like another another of those? And I feel like the trailer. I don't know. I feel like it was aimed at people who played the game and to sort of demonstrate. Yeah. Look, look, we've done a good job, everyone. Look, you you don't need to be worried about this because most video game adaptations are completely awful well this one looks like we've done a good job you see right so and i think they want the game fans to go out and be the the sort of the hype makers for it and to tell people about it and to get to get to get us on board uh, and i feel like watching it i feel like it was surprised me how like for like the scenes in it played out from mm -hmm. from the game you know it's like this is going to be very similar to the game uh, and i thought when it was first announced they said it was just going to be like inspired by the set in the universe but as you know it is, it is the direct events of the game followed mm. very closely so and like some of the shots of boston we had like the skyscrapers that had fallen into each other just like even the like, you know the, the same direction shots and stuff from the games that's gorgeous so it'll be a fun watch i think for fans for the game i think it'll be a fun watch mm. um although having just played the game again i'm like i don't <laughs> need to watch it again i don't know maybe mm. by next year we'll... i don't think it's um, going to be fun but... for anyone no but um, <laughs> no, well, i do get the same vibe that i got when the witcher netflix show came out um there's a huge amount of reassurance for fans and then an also huge amount of reliance on these people to reassure people that maybe don't play the games that this is something they would be interested in and mm -hmm. when you try and explain The Witcher, they're just like, oh, it's just Game of Thrones then. And you're like, no, it's actually good. Like, it's not well, shite. I think The Witcher, because there isn't a lot of... So we obviously the games, we've got it, but there isn't like a... There isn't a rich tapestry of like narrative to go back on for The Last of Us. There's just the game. Mm. Whereas like you've got... I never pronounce the, the authors, Sarowski or whatever the, the chap's name mm. is, but the amount of books that he's written in the witcher series of like 20, 20 odd it's a ridiculous amount um and a lot of the tv show like as, as much as it may not hit the tone of the books a lot um that's been the major criticism it massively resonated with its audience and people watching it because one had a superstar playing the the main character um and then two there wasn't a lot of like high fantasy tv shows at that point that were similar mm. tonally so um it, it critically was received not it was kind of like middling but like I it, think was it was middling yeah. like the second most watched show ever on netflix so mm. yeah i don't know hbo is a bit different as well it's quite niche so you can either watch it on is it sky atlantic over here or hbo yeah. max in the states um i don't know i don't know i hope i think critically it'll be fine whether or not it's enough to get it a second series i don't know um we'll see i hope so I wonder if they surely there's going to be two series, right? Because this one's going to follow the events of the first game. Well, they can't end it early, surely, because it it's going to be a bit of an anticlimax. If they depends do. if they actually do it one season just for the first game, or if they're not try and split it into two or three, or because I can see game part two they could split into two parts. Sorry, that's really confusing. Mm. I think it's split that second game into more than one series because obviously there's, there's a lot more yeah, going on there. But I don't. Um, I can't see the TV show working in that second game because you're getting attached to characters yeah. purposefully, and then it's going to flip it on its head and go. Well, I'm not going to spoil it, <laughs> but it's going to it's going to flip your perception of characters, isn't it? At some point, and it's going to expect the audience to follow that through. It's very very hard to do that. I just yeah, and that the power of the second game is in how it because you're the one driving that and it makes you question your actions your motivations and yes 
your role as a goodie. Uh, and in the TV series, it's a bit more passive. You, I think that was not going to have quite the same impact. So, I mean, this, yeah, I mean, Neil Druckmann's obviously making the series, so he'll have to come up with a solution to that, and it will have a different impact and do, do its own thing, hopefully. It won't just try and re replay the beats from the games, because, you know, we've got the games. We don't need to have, have a complete recreation of that. So I hope it does some different stuff as well. I'll be happy mm -hmm. to be proven wrong, hopefully. Oh, right, well, let's uh, get on to our main topic. How long have we been running for? Um, on to our main topic, topic, but we can go nice and quick here because I have nothing to say on this one. Um, what's <laughs> the, <laughs> the main topic this week then? We wanted to just talk about some of the PlayStation 2 uh, memories and uh, favourite games and experiences. Just a bit of, bit of love for the PlayStation 2. Um, and like I said, I never had one of these and I've never even played on a PlayStation 2. So I will just be listening to you two having a lovely little chinwag about this now and just <laughs> quizzing you both. So it's just, uh, yeah, if you'd like to tell me, can you, can you both remember when, when you first got your, was you, was you by yourself? Was that a present? When did you get your, your PS2s? Did you, you both have one, I presume? Um, yeah, so I remember i don't remember when i bought it but i remember buying it myself i was very proud it was probably the biggest purchase i'd ever made at that point um uh, i we got some money from a family member and that's what i spent a good portion of mine on was a ps2 and a bunch of games but i can <laughs> tell you which games i got with it but yeah i remember getting it uh, mine was the one the standard black one that had that little compartment in the back. Okay, yeah. You could yeah, like yeah. take off and store things in. So <laughs> just use that as a little secret storage. There was a little compartment in the back. <laughs> yeah. I think it was maybe for memory cards or something when you moved it or whatever. Oh, but in the you... back of the console itself. Yeah. Yeah. It had a little like thing you took out and then there was like a little recess. <laughs> no one's ever told me about this before. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Don't you have it on you about it? She figured it out. Game system, yeah. <laughs> Add a little compartment in the back. Are you okay? Are you well? <gasps> it's just what your brother told you after he broke it. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Um, do you have a brother? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Dan, yourself? Did you? Presume you owned one. You so, one? I remember getting the console off. Well, I had to pay for it myself. Uh, but my mum bought it on a little bit's account, which was, yeah. ex in hindsight, would have been absolutely extortionate. Yep. And I got Gran Turismo on it. Because uh, they're thousands. Yeah, and, uh, Gran Turismo and the Formula One game, I think, were the two things that I got with it. Yeah. <laughs> nice, you liked your racing back in the day. hate racing games, and I think that's probably why. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just persistently yeah. playing these fucking about, racing. Final Fantasy games? No, don't, no, don't bother yeah. me. No, no, racing games. No wonder it was like a boring child. It was just like there playing Formula One, trying <laughs> to better a corner on it. It was awful. Um, and subsequently hated Formula One mm. up until recently as well. So, but yeah, that was it. I just, I remember wanting that console for a while. I'd had the PlayStation 1. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I got it right at the start. I think I maybe got like six or seven months after launch. Um, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, I I think I was interested in vaguely wanted one, but uh, I had I, I had a Dreamcast and I was, played that until I went off to uni, and then I just never played games for for years and years. Um, and you know, one of my there was some guy in halls that had a PS2, and but I never never played it. Um, he was just play a lot of Final Fantasy on it in his room. Um, it was a bit a bit sad really. Um, but yeah, that's really? literally my only experience. It's just looking over his shoulder as he played. Uh, anyway, Onimusha as well. That was a game that looked quite fun to, to watch. That's a good game. Watch him play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have no no insight on that one, I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, so favourite games. And let me guess this one, Dan. Is it a Final Fantasy related game? Well, I struggled with this because I was looking at my top 10 list that I did. And I had Final Fantasy X placed higher than GTA 3. On my top 20 games Correct. of all time so final fantasy yeah. 10 will be my favorite ps2 game for that reason and the reason for it there's a so where we lived in formby heather knows this there's like a maybe 20 25 minute train ride to go to southport and that's where our, our nearest game was um, we weren't allowed to go to liverpool because we were from formby and parents were scared about what might happen even though southport i always knew there was something about you and now i realize what it is what the formby part <laughs> yeah it's a good thing now 
Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, it's the entitlement. Um, yeah, that's yeah, it. This, yeah. this is the privilege. Um, but yeah, I remember going to Southport and literally going with like four of my mates. One was called Duck, one was called Petch, and I went with Pete as well. And we bought Final Fantasy X, and it came with this amazing little booklet inside. It had two discs. I think one of them was a demo disc for something. It might be in the bouncer. Vaguely remember it being the bouncer. Um, and also bought, we all bought the game guides as well. So oh, yeah. we were like, we're, and the game guides back in those days were like yeah. absolutely incredible. Like the play online ones, absolutely amazing. Um, but we were all sat on the on the uh, train all the way back, reading these guides, reading the booklet out of the, um, the PlayStation Two box, uh, making our way home to go and play this. Like all the way back, all the all the it's way back. Six stops, listeners. At most. Yeah, but like twenty five minutes back in the day. Like if you're a kid with a <laughs> PlayStation Two booklet, and then you got to walk all the way home. It took me like twenty five minutes to walk home. Um, or we used the segways in Formby. No, we didn't. Um, we used horses, so no, we didn't. We walked. So, <laughs> like the PS2 booklets and everything, just the artwork in it, talking about it, and then for maybe because like we've all spoken about this, and a lot of people do. You got a game at that point. You played that game for a year comfortably, on and off, um, yeah. or you completed it, and you were the first person to do it. But we were talking about that game for months, and it was amazing. It was such a good feeling. Honorable mention for GTA 3, just because it was the first like watershed game i think i ever really appreciated i don't think uh, i appreciated super mario 64 in the same way i did with gta 3 gta 3 hit me like a ton of bricks and it was like this is completely different i need to play this as much as i can this is such a good game um yeah i remember like taking my playstation 2 absolutely everywhere if i go on a day out or go to um like go to my dad's or go to my nan's i'd be taking go to that. a day out he's there at chester zoo carrying it <laughs> Don't fucking judge me. Um, but yeah, do, like, what have you brought that for? <laughs> Leave it there might be a television. I'd like to be able to plug it in. I just want to, I just want to play Great Little Auto 3 with the prostitutes. Um, that's in the game, by the way, not going oh, to yeah, play um, PlayStation 2 with prostitutes. They were his only friends. They were my only friends. Inform me. Petch and Pete Informed weren't me. actually. Petch, was nice, Petch yeah. Pete and Duck. The clan. Um, high class prostitutes high class yeah. prostitutes middling with them okay. Oh, okay but there you go there's my memories of it and like I said the uh, <laughs> other than that um, I was going to say was the other honourable mention for the PS2 I think it might have been Time Splitters 2 I'm sure that was the PS2 game and I think that's 20 years old today as well anecdotally oh. we're recording on the 9th of October so go figure perfect timing hmm Nice. Heather, what's your favourite memory, favourite game? Favorite? Well, mine was also going to be Final Fantasy X. Ah. So, ew. Oh, um, so I'm going to go for Kingdom Hearts 1. Because um, I love Final Fantasy 9, which was a PS1. Mm -hmm. um, and then went into Kingdom Hearts and was like, oh, shit, this combines everything I love. Final Fantasy and Disney movies. Um and yeah, and I think that's still one of Kingdom Hearts Two, is still one of my absolute favorites of all time. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just loved it. Uh, loved all the different worlds. It was so much harder than three was. Yeah. Um, like three was just easy peas, absolute waste of time. Didn't play three. Um, was it any good? No. No, it just ruined. Like it's it so didn't bad. have any of the heart of it. So yeah. so. I waited for years for that and was like day one. <sighs> and it was absolutely just like... I've seen a new one, right? That's... Yeah. We're not making that up. There is a new one coming soon, isn't there? Oh, there's yeah, loads. Yeah. Like four. It's got they got some work to do to convince Heather. They yeah. do. Or are you going to play it, whatever? All they need to do... Yeah, you'll play it. I will. Um, all they need to do is remaster 1 and 2 for the 5, because I've got the 2.58 HD remix on the PS3. Oh, yeah. Whatever what that nonsense about? is. Um... But yeah, I'd like a big fresh um, PS5. That'd be lovely. Um, but yeah, I loved it. It was like everything that I loved all smushed into one. And I had the big game guide um, that had all the beautiful and illustrations the in it as well. Um, and yeah, I loved it. I used to play it with my brother and we'd take turns. Makes me, um, makes me sad thinking about that game. And it's because it was such a great game. And there's like a... There's a real like melancholy when you're playing it, like the, the feelings you get from having like Disney characters. Well, it sounds so like trivial, I think, saying out loud, but like Disney characters 
intertwined with really well written or at least in my memory of it uh, Final yeah. Fantasy characters as well like you'll have Squall at one point just like uh, helping you or you know be chatting to like Tidus there and stuff, or it, yeah. all of these characters and you'd be like how have they totally mastered all of those things into this weird and wonderful wacky worlds that are like circular and you can, you know exactly what it's going to it's like Hercules You're one. You're a mermaid at one point oh, and a lion. It's just like it, it yeah. shouldn't work at all. It shouldn't work at all and they somehow created one of the best like JRPGs yeah. through it or well, say action RPG really. But um yeah like just the, such a sad feeling in a great way. It's like a lovely it's like remembering like a loved one in that kind of like oh. Yeah. Yeah. Great game. And it is quite a sad like is that a sad, quite a sad storyline. And oh, yeah, huge. It's like stuff that you wouldn't normally I guess face. Hmm. For like a game of of however I can't actually remember the year it came out. But like I played it quite young. It's kind of maybe no, I think it's a bit... I don't know. Um, but I sort of feel like, yeah, it was like a very advanced story for what it needed to be. Which is where I think 3 falls down. 2002. Close. Yeah, close. Yeah, mm. yeah great game. Well, yeah, I feel like I'm quite jealous, really. It sounds like I missed out on, uh, well, <laughs> on this game, on these games, on the whole PS2 generation. I do. Yeah, in hindsight, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot that was... It's mostly that little hidey thing in the back of the PlayStation. Yeah, now. the little little. <laughs> I'm just gonna go and, go and find one now. That wasn't the best feature of the PlayStation Two, though. The best thing of the PlayStation no, Two was just PlayStation the little spinny logo. PlayStation logo, and yes, it, even to this, not the fact it played DVDs or anything. That's why it's sold 150 yeah. million units. Exactly. So you could have it upright or lying down. Exactly, and it was just the fucking cool oh, little yeah. pointless feature like that, which is like yeah. Sony have got it made. They know what they're doing. It was, yeah. See, despite not only mine, I can remember at the time, they just looked really, like, modern and cool, didn't yeah. they? Because, like, yeah. the PS1 was had this sort of flap on the top that was yeah. really sort of cheap and plasticky. Cheap Whereas this was, it had a, yeah. you pressed the button, a little eject button that was a, like something off a proper, you know, Blu-ray or DVD player mm. back then. And it would open the drawer and it would do it in a really kind of satisfying fashion wouldn't it and it would close its yeah it was great and the fact it worked on its side and flat yeah. was just just magic for yeah it was cool yeah, it was very okay. cool um we've had it's clearly a very beloved console because we've had some great uh reaction we've asked the questions to um all of our fans on on discord on whatsapp on twitter and there's been all sorts of replies aren't there all sorts um i'm going to start off with the most mark comment ever most grumpy mark comment he says i bought a second hand one towards the end of the cycle it was shite died after about three weeks <laughs> like, okay that's why Thank you, you. Do. I um, <laughs> million yeah. years after it's been out it's essentially the mining rig of the ps yeah but they it was a fairly reliable machine wasn't it um, like, was yeah no... i still have mine and it runs <laughs> oh, to the day so i had two I've got my original one and I've got a chipped one and we nice. used both of them because they were the perfect height when stacked to prop up Jesse's cot when it broke and that was the most oh use I've got of those PlayStation 2s and they're still in the loft Amazing. in case that cot breaks ever again. Amazing. Mine's literally... Because yeah. they did a re redesign. Yeah, they did a slim. They did a redesign, didn't they? Like yeah. a tiny little little thing it was. The slim. It was like... Like the size of a DVD box, it was tiny. It was tiny. They had like the silver and the and the black version of it, but they were fantastic yeah. as well. But I'm not, I don't know. I never had one. Yeah, I'm gonna read a few more responses because there's loads of them and they're great. Um, so Tyler Bear says, I think the PS2 had arguably the biggest banger library of any console ever. GameCube had some exceptional first party titles, uh, but you no, know, uh, PS2 got basically fucking everything. <laughs> yeah. No console since has ever felt to me like I had the depth and variety of games available. What about the Switch? Hey, Tyler, what about the Switch? That's got loads of games. Um, Benji Kong. It's crap, though, isn't it? Well, yeah. Not really, but I get um, the point. I get the point. Got a lot of games on it, though. Uh, ben reckons MTV Music Generator 2 was my life, in caps, uh, for a while. Being able to plug in a USB dongle to sample audio and plug in a mic basically got me into producing music. So, he, so it's that console we can thank for those classic albums that ben released um yeah 
Or Blade. Uh, the Matrix DVD was still the killer app, though, and that is the, the fair point there, that it was a DVD player for many people, um, and it was quite a cheap DVD player as well, wasn't it, back in the time when DVDs were some sort of magic technology? Yeah, I got a um, I got a PlayStation 2, like I said, in whatever year it was, and then that Christmas, my parents bought me a DVD player. I was like, Formby. Formby, man. What's the I point? I need it. I need it, mate. Get rid of it. He needed got it for one. his second telly. Yeah, and now we use it yeah. to prop up the... No, we don't. I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah, DVDs. They, I remember when they first came out, it was like, oh my God, I can't imagine anything better than this. And now you look at a DVD and it's like, blurry as anything. Yeah. A little side there. Um, Aiko247 says, so many. So many what? Memories, I don't know. Um, FX, Final Fantasy X, Need for Speed Underground, Bully, Time Splitters 2. Yeah. Bully, Great what games? games. Um, uh, Alex... He bought a satin silver one for Woolworths. Mm. It was a nice ornament. That's a nice oh. story, isn't it? That must be one of the means. That was one of the means. means it was a PlayStation 2, not just a nice silver satin ornament. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what's what's it called? A satin that. slim? A satin silver one. A satin yeah. silver. So yeah. That's something you get from Jura. From Woolworths, which uh, that dates it, doesn't it? Christ. Um, yeah. <laughs> Smart. Uh, Still got them as well. There's Res, Eco, and Silent Hill 2 were some of my faves. Mm. Yeah, and Aiko two four seven is back for more. He says he loved Suikoden five. Uh, Kevin Scully, I remember the PS two was the first console launch I worked at Electronics Boutique. I was fuming I couldn't afford one, but managed to get one early in two thousand and one. Zone of the Enders was the first game I bought, only for the Metal Gear Solid two demo disc. I don't think I played Zoe for months. Uh, Zone of the Enders for months. Yeah, um, the Metal Gear Solid two that would be my my game of that console just because I've played that since on hmm. Vita and I think I had it on PC as well. That's a great game. PC. Um, yeah, Metal Gear Solid two cracking game. But yeah, um, so that's the Discord. Uh, what are the people on WhatsApp? What have they been saying, Dan? Well, first I'll go to Twitter just because I've got it up. Uh, oh, Captain okay. Pegging just, and it brought him. Yeah, Captain Pegging, top percent, one percent only fans. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Three. Thank you, Captain nice. Pegging. Um, Jay uh, at Dog on Jay said Tekken Tag. That was a very good yes. game. Um, Gaudi uh, Zephos HD sixty four uh, said way too many to list, uh, and then gave a GIF of Bully, which is a fantastic game. Um, Rich Stokesy said clearly remember the first time I played a PS two was GTA three at a mate. We put on the tank spawn sheet and just drove around destroying everything in sight. I was hooked straight away. Hopping over to the WhatsApp group, as you said before, you can join patreon.com slash crossplayers. Uh, so we got Luke Cooper is our only response. He said, PS2, first console I bought myself. GTA 3, what a game. Gran Turismo. Remember taking it into work for PES tournaments. And he said in brackets, remember when PES was better than FIFA. Uh, being able to play DVDs, that was a killer thing as well. Uh, never did figure out how to mod the thing though, even though I tried at regular intervals. I just paid a guy. I don't know if you remember the chip shop in town, Heather. It was like a game. Do you know where um, it's near where Caribou Poutine is now on that row of shops? Where. Poutine. You know where Bar Red was? Testing your knowledge here at Liverpool. Um, Off which Mowgli is it near? Uh, the Bald Street, Street one, near Bald Street. So it's the, uh, you know where Slater is? Slater Street? That's on Slater Street. Yeah, it's on Slater Street. Oh, yeah. It was on Slater It was called Chip Shop, but it, they had like um, uh, a fella in the back that would mod it for 50 quid for you. So he he did my cheap games. Final Fantasy 8, played that way. Nice. That was it. Loved yeah. it. Oh, that is all of them. Sorry. That's, that's all of them. Uh, just awkward silence there. <laughs> Someone make one up quick. Um, no, well, great. What a what a what a cracking console that I never owned. Um, when we come around to doing the PS3, then I'll have more to say on that one. <laughs> next time. Um, yeah. Next. Well, no, yeah. Next time we have a, a quiet news week. <laughs> we can come back next to time that. we should do spooky games because it'll Ooh. almost be Halloween. Ooh, spooky. Oh, That's goodness. absolutely spooky what we're yeah. doing next time then. Oh yes, we can talk about until dawn for half an hour. Excellent. I was going to say we could talk about Luigi's Mansion, but no, we can't do that. Um, <laughs> I refer you to my comments at the start of the podcast. There will be no Luigi's Mansion. No, okay. Um, well, okay. Well, you can look forward to that, everyone, in the next couple of weeks. Mark Hammond, you'll probably be listening to it in a few years' time. So hopefully you can sort of get it in line with Halloween 2025 or whenever it is you get around to listening to it. But for everyone else, that's your lot for this week. 
thank you for joining us on this fortnightly supposed to be fortnightly adventure <laughs> if you want any more of this nonsense uh please do check out thecrossplayers.com and you can find the links there for all the old um podcasts there's the the crosscast and there's even rumors now we've got an xbox podcast i don't know what that's about about but if you like xbox you can go listen to that as well um and yeah please do join us in our discord link and even better join our patreon and jump into our whatsapp group as well um but yeah that's all for now so uh thank you heather thank you laurie thank you dan thank you dan and remember everyone play cross button hey yay <laughs> bye bye, bye.